Stampede. Garner isn't number 37. readily admit my mind has been corrupted. I'm suffering from severe paranoia. I mean, I'm constantly getting that feeling someone is out to get me. Nowadays, I don't like using my phone because I can never tell who's listening in. When I was younger, I used to like using my phone. It allowed me to contact people on the outside world. I'd sit at my library at my desk and dial my black rotary line phone and contact people who usually would be helpful in answering whatever questions I might have. And I remember where I first detected something wasn't right. Back in the 70s, after returning from Africa and enrolled at a prestigious art school, I called one of my professors to ask some simple questions to get clarity about a few issues regarding the work I was creating. Maybe it was that whole Nixon thing at the time, but my professor said, Listen, you shouldn't talk over the phone. You don't sound right. And I replied, How do you mean? Well, When you talk on the phone, you aren't as effective as when you're talking in person. 
Now, that conversation took place nearly 50 years ago, and it's true. I used to ramble on when I was on the phone, and sometimes I didn't always make sense. Using the phone made me wonder what was real. It was an abstraction. And ever since that conversation in the 70s, I keep my use of the phone at a minimum. It's gotten to the point I can't trust turning it on, especially now since my phone has no wires attached to it. It's a cell phone. Well, I had to use it the other day. I needed to pay my monthly phone bill. Now, this process over the years has become routine. I dial up my phone company, and the first thing I hear is this automated female voice. Hi, Edward. How can I help you? Now, I used to like this process because it usually was quick and fairly simple. I want to pay my bill. All right. Put in your pen and let's get started. Now, I know my pen. I've been with this company since 1995. So I push the buttons on my cell phone. And the machine says, Your pin is not correct. I'm sending you a text message with a new pin. You have two minutes to retrieve it. Goodbye. Now, I don't like being inconvenienced. So I figure I'll try again. Maybe I made a mistake. So I repeat the process and get the same result. I try again and still. Your pen is not correct. The fourth time, I look for a text message by my phone company. But there wasn't a new number. So the fifth time, I get. Hi, Edward. How can I help you? Representative. And the machine says, You want to talk to a representative, is that right? Yes. To direct you to the correct representative, please put in your PIN. I push the buttons for putting in my PIN number. Your PIN number isn't correct. I'm sending you a text message with a new PIN. You have two minutes to retrieve it. Goodbye.
I go to my messages, but there's no new number. I decide to wait. I don't like being frustrated. I've been diagnosed with hypertension, and there's a long history of men on my father's side of the family dying at an early age of heart attacks. The next afternoon, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, I call my phone company again to pay my bill. It's Saturday afternoon, and I get, Hi, Edward. Can I help you? Representative, You've reached us after regular business hours. Our hours are 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Friday, and 8 a.m. to 12 noon on Saturday. So I say over the phone to the machine, Okay, I'll wait till Monday. Have you ever felt like a fish? And you've taken the bait, and now you're being reeled in? Sorry, I didn't get that. On Monday, after nearly four days of trying to pay my phone bill, I got through to a representative. Yes, can I help you, Mr. Garner? Well, I've been having trouble trying to pay my bill with your automated system. Check to see if my PIN number is correct. She puts me on hold and comes back confirming my PIN number. Try it again. So she listens in to my using the automated service again. And when I put in my PIN, this is what happened. Your PIN number is incorrect. 
So the representative comes back online. And now I say, what's your name? Olivia? Olivia, let me speak with your supervisor. And this is what she said. And I have to emphasize, this is a true story. I can't do that, Mr. Garner. I can only get a supervisor on the phone with you if your call is of unusual importance. Listen, I want to talk to your supervisor. I can't do that. All right, do the transaction and charge my bank for my monthly fee. She puts me on hold and comes back giving me my confirmation number, saying, You were charged $10 for not using the automated service. I won't go into detail the conversation that ensued. In fact, the issue of being charged for not using the automated service took three more days talking to supervisors who eventually reversed my $10 charge. And finally, they determined that my PIN number still wasn't working. It's things like this that make me paranoid. But you know, I'm a reasonable man. And if you've been listening to Garner Isn't, I've been telling you about the corrupting forces of consumerism. Maybe somewhere in corporate headquarters, someone figured if they threw a monkey wrench in the automated service, customers would be forced to talk to a representative, which could result in making more money by charging an additional $10. But I also see the valueless experience of this compared to the real pain and suffering of some people in other parts of the world. This complaint is nothing. My pain with the phone company is nothing compared to what I see elsewhere. No, I mean it's nothing compared with people being forced to migrate because of war.
And you know what? If you're someone with compassion, you should see what's been happening. Let me say this on a large scale. Mental disorders like paranoia can lead to a conflict, especially when governments become involved. That's when you've got real problems. And it's not you're being overcharged 10 bucks for not using an automated service. But then again, if the lights go out, you're going to have trouble. And I don't want to scare you, but the lights are going out in lots of places. In last week's Garner Isn't Show, I said there were approximately 1,300 deaths reported by the coronavirus. I made that recording on February 14th. Today, it's February 20th, six days later, and news agencies have reported over 2,000 deaths with 70,000 people infected. This podcast is scheduled to air in the middle of March, So it will be a curious thing to hear what the statistics will be. And since I have a truly paranoid streak running in my brain, let me tell you some interesting things. I've watched the SARS outbreak and the MERS outbreak. And these are some troubling facts about those two respiratory diseases. At present, there aren't cures for those two devastating illnesses. And I suspect the present coronavirus, now running primarily through China, will not be cured. It'll probably be contained by drastic quarantine measures. And those measures extend beyond just the physical control and containment of human activity. It goes to the heart of a belief that everything is all right. Without that trust, the systems we rely on won't work. Fear must be contained, and not just by placing a quarantine on an entire city of 11 million people, as is happening now in Wuhan, China. We've been able to succeed as a species based on accepted practices with uncertain relationships to reality. We trust in lots of things that may not be true. I believe that governments keep saying the coronavirus, the SARS epidemic, or the Middle East Respiratory Syndrome were caused by human interaction with animals. Well, I believe that's a lie.
if the coronavirus exists in animals, it would have been transmitted more often long ago. No, this virus may very well have been created by humans and developed relatively recently. As such, it's not a leap in faith to assume it was created as a weapon. Yeah, it's not paranoia when the lie turns out to be true. And this kind of deception can lead to some very ugly consequences. If a viral infection is intentionally released on a population, the retaliation could be unprecedented. Of course, a contagion could accidentally be released, but that might not be enough to stop a response. Suspicion and doubt lead to misunderstanding, and I don't think it's an exaggeration. The present turmoil that is happening around the world can lead to miscalculations. And to be honest, I don't like pointing my finger at someone personally, but when some high-ranking official testifies an outright lie, I feel uncomfortable. When asked in congressional hearings if American telephone conversations were being listened into by the government, there was a flat-out refusal. All right, I will point a finger. When James Clapper, the director of national intelligence, was asked that question, he wouldn't deny it. But it's not just individuals like Mr. Clapper. The cover-ups, the deceptions, the lies keep coming to support the system. Like Jack Nicholson said, you can't handle the truth. And let me say this, our system of consumerism will use every means available to convince you that everything is all right. But guess what? When you have to quarantine 11 million people, you can't keep saying everything is all right. You can't say that when millions of people are fleeing with their families because of war. No, you can't say that when Wall Street manipulates its markets or that our government debt is unsustainable. The thing about a consumerist society is that it won't stop, no matter the process, no matter the means. It must continue to succeed. Competitors must be defeated. Economic rivals must be degraded. So it's not unexpected to think that kind of system would develop new weapons, weapons that would prevent it from being challenged Call me paranoid, but if you think the coronavirus or any other created biological weapon is going away, you're in for a long wait. You aren't going to be safe. In fact, you never were safe. Be prepared for the new diseases. Forget about the old naturally occurring diseases like malaria, mad cow disease, swine flu, or influenza. No, something else is coming, and it's just for you and me.
This week on Garner Isn't, you first heard the music of Thomas Newman from the Disney animated movie Wally, Repair Ward, then a short repeat of Repair Ward, finally, Foreign Contaminant, followed by Cliff Martinez's music Contagion and Eddie's Dead, and finally, Another work by Thomas Newman, The Road to Perdition. Thomas Newman is part of the famous family of composers, musicians, and soundtrack producers of Hollywood movies. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.